Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to a holiday edition of Wings, Beers, and Tears, your favorite DMV podcast. This is episode 31. Happy holidays out there, DMV sports fans. The usual suspects are here this evening. I am Todd, joined as always by Jeremy. Yo. <laughs> Boy, he sounds festive, doesn't he? And Mr. Jerry, how are you, sir? Hello, everybody uh, who listened to the podcast from uh, the boat yes. said that Jeremy Ship. had never talked more. Yes. And now he's back to his, <clears throat> you know, he one was, sentence. He was very spry on our trip. So if you joined us last time on episode 30, we were in the Bahamas, but we still brought you some outstanding DMV sports talk. Outstanding being a uh, an interesting word to describe that uh, Sorry that for discussion. flushing the toilet during the podcast. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. So God damn it, we have so much fun. What? So on the upside, all of us made it back here up to Maryland uh, in one piece, um, and we were all accounted for, and we had an absolute awesome weekend. For those that have not done it, getting down to Florida, taking a boat out to the Bahamas for the weekend, I highly recommend it. It is quite cathartic. It's a ship, fuckers. Yep, 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 yep. It's a boat. So Merry Christmas to everybody out there. As we record this, we are exactly one week from Old St. Nick Day, and uh, we have a ton to talk about tonight. We've had a little bit of a hiatus from our vacation, and let's get right into it. So today, let's start local. Today was National Signing Day, the initial National Signing Day for college football, and your University of Maryland Terrapins did not have much to write home about this season. However, today... Loxley does what he does, and that motherfucker can recruit. Um, he can do that. Yes, he can. So going into the day, I wasn't I wasn't super excited like I've been on previous signing days because it felt like the class was fairly uh, straightforward. Yeah. Lots and lots of high-end three-star guys, a ton of O-linemen, a ton of D-linemen, both which, I mean, we need like four years' worth of just a shit ton of guys in the trenches uh, in order to become competitive in the Big Ten. Um the, the star of the class going into to the day was Ruben Hippolyte, the four-star linebacker, and he, sure enough, put his name to uh, pen and paper, and he is a Terp. Um, and then about mid-morning, uh, I almost fell out of my chair as, well, that's uh, what that always was. <laughs> as uh, uh, a local boy from St. John's who had committed to um, LSU. Um, most of the outlets that I had seen did, really, did not really have Maryland Correct. In, 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 even in his top five, had he flipped, so I don't really know exactly what happened. I'm he sure, got paid. Yeah, exactly. Jerry's theory is uh is is probably more correct than not. Here, I was very skeptical when he signed. I was like, "What the fuck did we just disclaimer, do?" Disclaimer: That's more of a joke than true slander, folks. <laughs> that is more of a joke. Than it is more of a joke. But uh, no, so uh, so Jarrett is officially a uh, a Maryland Terp, and um, as far as context goes. Well, let me just start by saying this. Getting recruits in is step one. Loxley knows how to do that. Then developing the talent ultimately decides what you are going to be as a coach and how your program is going to succeed. That is yet to be determined. This year was not very impressive with his and his coaching staff's inability to get a lot out of their talent. Now, well, they've got a bunch of their own guys in. And you know what? This day and age in college football, freshmen can make a difference right away. So he's got some big O linemen, got some big D linemen, got a ton of athletes, and this guy tops the chart. For context, he is the the the, the highest rated recruit Maryland has had since Stephon Diggs, and Diggs worked out pretty fucking well. Yeah, how was so, it? Yeah. So again, how he develops will ultimately determine you know uh, quite a bit, but uh, p- pretty exciting to have a guy flip from LSU who's in the college football top four to our Maryland Terps. So that was, uh, you know, that was a little early Christmas present for us Terps fans. So uh, if Mitch, if you're listening out there, I'm sure you did not follow National Signing Day. So this is your uh, thanks primer. For your, thanks, Pat, for paying for him. That's okay. Jesus Christ. She'll tell him what no, I'm sure. Actually, I'm sure Olivia told him everything that went down. She right. has every every uh, stat on every guy. We have her on here. Yeah, no kidding. Um, no, so seriously, you know, cheers to the Terps. I'm really glad that they had a good National Signing Day, and now the, the hard work starts if you're Loxley and company. Well, they signed. I think 20, it looks like 28 people. That's correct. Um, it was a massive class. Yeah, he's obviously uh, top of the line. I I saw him play. At the Good Council game, and he is legit. I mean, he's a freak he's, show. He's absurd. I, I watched his highlight reel, and I was like, it was a little like breezy when you watch his highlight reel. You're like, wow, there's one guy who's different than everybody else. Yeah. You know? Um, um, he, uh, 
it, it was a weird, obviously a weird flip when you when you told me today. I I didn't necessarily believe you, um, but uh, that according to scout or rivals, no, it's rivals. Maryland has the twenty sixth ranked class in the nation. It's pretty damn good. Sixth uh, in the Big Ten, is that right? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just looking at the national one. Uh, Clemson unloaded. Unloaded on – I mean, they have probably the top recruit in almost every – It's um, In every position. It's incredible. I don't – you know. the Whatever Dabo's doing down there, that family-type atmosphere is amazing. Well, I think even Dabo and crew, they were a little late to the party with Breezy, and he immediately went there. I yeah. mean, they just – you know. Well, to hear Brian tell it, and, and I offhand, right, I've never talked to him about it, but to hear – when you go to Alabama, it is like all business. Nobody smiles. Everybody's just sort of that seems there. to be the it's mo. A, it's a factory. Yep. When you yep. go to Clemson, everybody's laughing, hugging, smile. It's more of a family type atmosphere, right. and it's not as um, iron clad. You know, right. Saban's just driving you, and you sure. work seventy five hours a day. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and it's it, it. I guess the new recruits probably seem to like that. And plus, when you win and you start getting that flow, sure. I mean, they you know. It's uh, down south. Yep. There's a lot to offer. Well, I think both campuses offer quite a bit of a recruiting pitch without having to do much, right? They're both down south. Decent weather at both pretty much year-round. Um, I think Clemson, though, has that feel of that, you know, it is truly a college town. When you get outside of Columbia, South Carolina, there's, nothing else there. there's absolutely nothing, <laughs> you know? So they, they really give you that college town feel. But like, like we, we have actually – discussed the stark contrast between Saban and Dabo before. And there have been firsthand accounts, many probably like Brian, that say when you walk into Saban, uh, it's very it's very stern. It's very businesslike, like you said. Um, but he has almost like this fuck you attitude. Like, you should be lucky I'm talking to you. Dabo's got, got that good old boy mentality. He puts That's his arm around I feel that myself, so yeah. I get it. <laughs> I mean, six five-star recruits. It's six. Six. Out of 33 in the country? Yeah, I was going to say, there's only 30-some in the country, and they get six of them? Fuck. 13 four-star recruits. <laughs> Jesus They have Christ. three four-star – or four three-star recruits. So, so it's basically like if you're an average <clears throat> division so most, prospect. So, so for context, right? So Maryland is the 26th recruiting class in the country, which isn't bad for Loxley's first year. One of each, five you and know, four. And, and five's amazing. And, and getting a five-star – and getting a four-star is pretty awesome for a team like Maryland that, by all accounts, I mean, they're right in the mix in the middle of college football, right? They're, they're competitive. They're a big-time school, et cetera. And here they have one of each, and fucking Clemson, six five-stars and 14 four-stars. I mean, it's not it's even fair. I mean, just with fives for Chris. Here's the, here's the top five. I mean, see if you've heard of these programs before. <laughs> Clemson one, Alabama two, Ohio State three, LSU four, Georgia five. Hmm. Shocking! It, it'll it'll be great when one of those teams has some success. Yeah. Huh? Tell me about parody again and how that's working. <laughs> no out. shit. All right. Well, so let's take our because aside from from the guys signing with Maryland and the excitement of having Jarrett flip at the last minute, it, again, there's really not much to talk about with the recruits because they need to they need to get to school, they need to get to to spring ball, and they need to figure out which of these freshmen is going to make the two-deep well, roster and perhaps make a difference. Well, that's one of these, these big things about this new early signing day. It's only the third year they've had it. That's correct. Most of these guys are going to be early enrollees, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. So they'll be here on campus Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you do it. That, it's exactly right. Yeah. A- absolutely. Yeah. So let's take or talk a little bit more to the national scale here because around the holidays, I absolutely love the bowl schedule. Here we go. Out. It's fucking great. However... The names of the bowls continue to just be a goddamn disgrace. Is there, is there still a pool in the Independence Bowl? Oh, it's, it, it gets way worse. Um, Teddy Bowl? Uh, but let's start at the top. So next Saturday, the 28th, is the Final Four matchup in college football. I absolutely love that it's on a Saturday night mm-hmm. around the holidays. It's not on the first it's not on a work night or school night or anything else. I think right. the ratings are going to be fucking awesome. Amazing, like they were last year. Absolutely. And the matchups this year are great. You do have the mainstays in there, obviously. All right? So the very first game, 4 o'clock from Atlanta, from Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you have number one LSU and number four Oklahoma. So, Jerry, give us a little primer here on this one, if you will. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. Who's that guy? Yeah. I heard he's pretty good. Um, it's some hardware, I believe. Here's he, how he couldn't beat out Haskins at Ohio State. The hell can he Here's how I here's how I look at that game. LSU has played two or three tougher teams than Oklahoma, and won. Yes, Oklahoma's played not anyone nearly as close as good as LSU, and 
they haven't obviously beaten anybody that good. So this should be business as usual um, for LSU. However, Oklahoma's got a good offense. Hurts is a good quarterback. Yes, he is. Lincoln Riley's a good coach. Yep. Who's that receiver? Is that CeeDee Lamb? CeeDee Lamb. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But in terms of just being tough, mm-hmm. physical, you know, you just have to think that Oklahoma has to score pretty much. They can't have any turnovers. Exactly. And they have to score – you know, every other time they get the ball because I don't think Oklahoma's defense is going to withstand the power. No, you've said that from day one, that they can score with just about everybody, but it has to be exactly right. Right. And And if it hurts, at least in the Baylor game and in the big games, he will cough it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. He he can become turnover happy. I think they'll keep it close first quarter, and then a turnover will happen, LSU will seize momentum, and then they'll just – you no, know, they'll wash it away. I expect a double-digit victory for okay. for LSU. And you have to expect Oklahoma to need to put up fifty to win that game, right? Not maybe not fifty, but at least thirty. Well, I, I'm I'm kind of with you, Jeremy, because I had this I thought LSU's put up forty-two or forty-five. So here's the deal: I had this thought that Oklahoma could score thirty-five and lose this game by three scores. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. very possible. I think if if Oklahoma scores in the thirties, they have a shot, but they're going to need some turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're going to need yes. some some short fields, and uh, you know what I mean. LSU, it's one of those games where part of me is thinking LSU is, is such a big favorite. Um, they're coming in. They're going to be overconfident. They're going to be – I think Lincoln Riley's a better coach. I, okay, you nailed it. The, for me, the only chance they have <clears throat> is the fact that they've had a few weeks to prepare. LSU has had a few weeks off. Burrow won the Heisman. You're always a little rusty. These games are odd, right? Um, I think Riley can coach Orgeron right under the table. I think, I, I think, I, I think he he's too. the X factor. Yeah, I think so. he can too. I mean, I, I don't mean, you know, obviously Ed's done a great job this year, and I love hearing him talk. And, and I wouldn't say that to his face because that is one big, mean motherfucker. Yeah, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm a fan of his. I just think that um, they haven't – it's not the right word because the SEC has the best athletes, and Alabama's offense is amazing, you know, and um, Georgia's offense is good, and – Although a lot of those teams in the SEC have really top flight five star athletes. Yep. But if if Oklahoma comes up and gets up early and can withstand when you know, if they catch LSU napping at the beginning mm-hmm. and going going through the motions, get up on them early and then sustain it until the fourth and maybe get a turnover, that's how I think they win. Yep. I think they both teams have to be in the thirties. If Oklahoma starts off down, LSU gets up early and you know, things start to roll, I think Oklahoma will cave. Yeah. So. No, I, I, I think you're right. I, I think it's one of those games where really their only path to success, Oklahoma, is almost initially is to go against their own DNA and to, to find a way to lock down defensively, be conservative on offense, but don't turn do it that. over. That's but not you can't them. do it. Exactly right. Them. Exactly right. Yeah, so, can't. Can't. I, I, you know, but it's football, right? And if if LSU goes out there and a couple guys have butterfingers early and there's a weird bounce here or or a punt return there or a block kick, you never know. But the longer this game stays close, obviously that favors Oklahoma. It's just I, I don't I don't see how it happens. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, but last year Oklahoma with Kyler Murray played Alabama and mm-hmm. Alabama came up early and they were stomping them in the mouth right at the beginning. Yep. And then once Oklahoma settled down. They started playing with them, but by that time they're catching up by two or three touchdowns. Yeah. Right? There was too little, too late. Yeah, they were down twenty-eight or whatever it was, and right. they, and they so, so they couldn't score, catch up. Yeah, they so were getting they, boat race, but they did make it respectable. Right. I, I I assume the same is true now. Um, if they if they can get up and get some confidence and catch LSU napping, um, because I don't think LSU is as coached as well. Maybe they are, but I don't, he doesn't have the track record. He had the pedigree as a saving. so I'm not giving. Add the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he's going to have him prepared like um, like Saban would. With that said, I think after the first quarter, things will start to settle down. The cream will rise to the top, mm-hmm. and LSU will win by double digits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jerry, you already alluded to it, but basically, I wouldn't even go further. Pile on what you said. Oklahoma's attitude should be: I'm going to score every possession. 
That's our only chance. That should be their attitude. Like going for, like doing John Harbaugh's and going oh, for it for off down for the middle it. of the field. You know, right. but just like we need to score every possession. That's that. You know, we we have a choice. And as talented as talented as Oklahoma is, LSU just has LSU the athletes, is man. amazing. They're they're incredible. I mean, so they're, as great as Lincoln Riley is, even if he cooks up some sort of concoction and, and goes to his bag of tricks. At talent wise, LSU just might be that much better. I got you. I, I I'm with you. I you know. I agree with you. So we'll see. But uh, so that's the first game. So that's four o'clock on Saturday, the twenty eighth, and then the second game. You got Ohio State and Clemson. That, I'm excited for this. That game. is the best game I've been most excited about, and I think about three years. Dude, I'm, I'm happy Alabama's not there. I yes, love Nick Saban. I'm a Nick Saban guy. Um, he's from West Virginia. We're cousins. But <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> so I, much. I am happy. To not see Alabama and someone a little a little bit different of a, a I mean same same ilk right what's the difference really between LSU and Alabama just the name but this matchup is pretty cool because you have Ohio State who I think is the best team and I think they're going to win it all I I, I do too right? but they got to get past Clemson though. they have to get I past mean, Clemson and Clemson people have been sleeping on them now their their schedule was terrible. I mean, they, they they played nobody all year long. This is where we will see if the the down ACC hurts them, right. or if they're again talent wise. I mean, they're just they at the top like of the heat. Sixty something on Virginia in their championship game, right? So either they're really good, or the ACC is just the worst conference in the Power Five, which I think is the case. But I, yeah, I think Ohio State's going to win it all. But I'm really worried about this game because yep. Clemson can put it on you. They can. And they can, you know, are they overrated or are they, are they just the best team that didn't play anybody? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, this is where, you know, we talked about you have, you know, with Oklahoma, can you slow it down a little bit, take the air out of the ball? They can't. But Ohio State might be able to do that to Clemson. With a guy like Dobbins. You know, it's like I think that that's Ohio where State's you might offense. See. I love this cat and mouse game in this one because the Oklahoma LSU game we just described it. I think to a T. Pretty much every um, you know every national you know prognosticator out there will say very similar things to what we're saying. I mean, these two teams are on either end. They have an identity. They do what they do. Here you go. Ohio State and Clemson can beat one another in so many different ways. And you said it a few weeks ago, Ohio State's D-line is so nasty. Jay they, Young, man. Dude, they can get home with four guys against a guy like Trevor Lawrence. One. You know? Yeah, they, um, they, can, they don't have to blitz. No. That's and the and that's what makes them really, really scary. Now, at the same time, we just said it about LSU, Clemson's depth of athlete oh. is just absurd. I mean, so much team speed, so much uh, dynamic playmaking ability all over the field on both sides of the ball. Part of me thinks that Clemson benefited from a weak schedule, but part of me also thinks that Clemson slept walk through the whole year because of the schedule. And and that's kind of where I'm at. So but, they did not have to mm-mm. they did not have to try very hard. Now they might be motivated. Mm-hmm. You might come out and and it wouldn't I think Ohio State's the best team in the field. I think they're the most complete team in the field. Maybe not I think LSU's the most complete team. But LSU, uh, but Ohio State has the best athletes at that, that matter. Mm-hmm. That is running back, quarterback, and pass rush. Pass and rush is the key. Pass there. rush is the key because yes, if you so. can get off on third down, you can suck on first and second down. But you're, you know, if you can get to the pass rush uh, and get that quarterback off his game, it doesn't really matter what your running back's doing. So, but I also think Clemson might be the most dangerous team because nobody knows if they're really not that impressive or they were just sleepwalking. And they've been there. They have the pedigree, and they've been there with guys on this roster. Absolutely. You know, and, and Lawrence is, is, is tested and, and knows what the hell he's doing I, this time of the year. I really do believe that the winner of that game wins a national championship. I agree with you. I think I agree with that as well. I think that the, the big key also for Ohio State, we, we already talked about it, but get after Lawrence – and those the athletes don't matter as much on the offensive side yeah. of the ball for them. I mean, you know, if you if you can't throw the ball, yep. If you don't have time to throw yep. the ball, it doesn't matter how good and the wide yep. receivers are getting that. And yep. We've already talked about how weak their schedule was. The biggest thing is he had not seen a pass rush like that. He has not seen one guy, little four guys, Brant, like except that. last year. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's true. not like this guy's going to be. He's true. The moment will be not be too big for Clemson. I can promise you that. No, Dabo gets his guys prepared. They play loose. They they take on his personality, and I think that's an advantage this time of the year. And coaching wise, Clemson may have the upper hand just because Dabo has good assistants. Venables has been, and they've all been there. Nothing's going to be. Have. 
Ohio State. This my this is his first rendezvous in the big stage. It who is. Know, who knows? So speaking of which, I'm glad Ohio State's there because it's not with Urban Meyer on the sidelines. So it's a different looking Ohio State. Um, I think Fields is an interesting player. Uh, yeah, you know, the the stage might be too big for him. We we will see. I don't know. Talent wise, a, a lot of a lot of people think he's better than Fromm. I know. I know. I've heard that as well. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that's the majority you know, easy. But we'll see. I mean, you don't know what you're made of until you're tested, and here he has his opportunity. So, you know, we'll kind of see. But And for the record, um, nobody at Maryland got paid. <laughs> that was but all it, alleged. But if they – it was all a joke. But if they did, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you is correct. So, speaking of Urban Meyer, let's go ahead and get into some Hail NFL talk. to the Redskins. Somehow, someway, the fucking Redskins make their way into the vernacular of local sports every single week. So last week, Skins hosted the Eagles, and who's up in the Snyder box but one Urban Meyer. What do we make of it? I know everybody's talked Go about ahead, it. Go ahead, Jeremy. He, he will not be the coach here, in my opinion. If he comes in, it'll be in the front office with Alex Smith as a protege. And they will, between them, choose the new coach, whoever it might be. So, they go, from so, Stanford so, or, so what would you call Meyer? Is he going to be the de facto GM? Is he going to be player personnel director, director of football operations, all of the above? It'll be the go fuck yourself Bruce Allen role, whatever that is. Hmm. Whatever gets him the hell away from this team, is that's the role. I agree. I thought it was uh, laughable that people thought that Urban Meyer was coming here to coach and Alex Smith was going to be the GM. That's what everybody was saying. After I was like, "What are you talking about?" With Meyer's health issues, he really just can't, right? No. And why would he come here if he's going to have other options? That's so stupid. Um, I I the, don't disagree. Oh, and I mean, he's so he's unlikable, so he fits that trait with the Redskins. But that, that's very true. But <laughs> you know, the only thing exciting about Urban Meyer and the and it's a it's the most important thing he has. The huspa. Is that how you say it? Huspa. Whatever. He has the balls to tell Dan Snyder, go back in your fucking office and let me do my job. He has the ability, the ego. He certainly has the ego. He certainly has the the pedigree to do so. Will he, though? I mean, Dan ultimately signs his check. I mean, I think he will because that guy is, I think he's proven winning comes first for him above all else. Morals aside, you're right. You're right. The guy's morals are very compromised. So you know he's definitely a fuck you coach. Here's Um, the thing: I personally do not believe that his sitting in the box was coincidence. I do not believe that he was simply Terry McLaurin's guest, and he was here for other reasons. He just happened to have time available. I don't believe that at all. Okay. Um, I don't because I don't believe that Dwayne Haskins didn't know he was there. (laughs) That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. None of that stuff does. Um, and I don't believe um, there wasn't a purpose for him to be seen in the owner's box. Right. So the Redskins, I do believe, are courting him in some form or fashion. And I'm with Jeremy. I believe it's a front office role. I don't I think, think he, so. Too. I don't think he wants to go back to coach. Well, and, and you know, <laughs> said this via text. I don't give a shit who it is as long as it's not Bruce Allen. Mm-hmm. And if you have somebody with the the namesake of Urban Meyer. Hey, you know what? There's a little bit of reason for optimism, and he, right? Here's why Urban Meyer is a good choice, right? First of all, he's got the the balls to say "fuck you" to Dan Snyder and the ego right. to stand up to him and fire me if you don't want me, right? Which is admirable, and that's what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing is, is he's been coaching Power Five football at a high level for a long time. Oh, like he knows part of twenty years, right? He knows if these guys can play. Right, right. He knows if they're in the league now, if they could play, because he probably recruited them or mm-hmm. played against them, sure, or or got to know them, right. Whereas Bruce Allen doesn't, mm-hmm. and he knows <laughs> he can probably. I think he can evaluate talent. Just record uh, that Bruce Allen doesn't. Right? Say, you know, it's like a little, I mean, right. I, I think it's, it's clear like on a loop. I, 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 I think it's clear right now with the way things are trending that Bruce Allen is not going to come back in a player personnel role. I, I sure shit hope not. I mean, no. But, he, he, I mean, it's it's well deserved. Yeah, I mean, it's overdue. So I heard. So I heard today is the ten year anniversary of his hiring, yep. and he has a hundred losses. Congratulations! Wow, that's impressive. Yep. Who, who said he didn't accomplish anything? Right. <laughs> Good for you, Bruce. You underachieving well, sack of shit. He alleviated the traffic problems, the parking issues because nobody wants to go to fucking game anymore. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the stadium experience is now is now so easy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, but Bruce. You get Urban Meyer. 
to run your. I don't know about the Alex Smith thing. I, you're probably right. I mean, I what, what less likely, but right. I, you know, it was just or he could just there. be some hanger on getting thirty million next year for just being injured because he ain't playing. I'll be honest, that's probably what I would do. Right, <laughs> but but if but he, but if he's not going to play. Then he's right. going to hang out and help. Yes, I mean he's, yes, Alex yes, Smith yes. seems to be very knowledgeable and a good guy, mm-hmm. and and so that's and, not and the word is apparently well, Haskins says, really yeah. looks up to him, right? Like yep. you know, which you can guarantee that we, you know the Redskins need to lose to the Giants this week. It's a big deal. Can't can't beat the Giants. Can't Huge. they got to they got to finish two? Then Chase Young's coming here that because if Urban Meyer's picking Chase Young, it's a, I mean it's a done deal. God, that was that would be amazing if because he came here. the Bengals have to take <laughs> a quarterback. They have to take Burrow. He's an Ohio kid. What if when what Ohio if the State. Bengals though? What if the Bengals took damaged goods and took two and Burrow sitting there? Well then you can trade for a ransom. Well here's the thing. <laughs> if if the Redskins pick third, that sucks because they don't get trade uh Chase Young, but um you got you're sitting there in third with a quarterback from Ohio uh, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Who people will want? Maybe they'll trade up and give. You can get, still get a boatload. And then see, you, I'm with you. If they if they drop below two, so if they're three, four, or five somehow, I think that that's a very tradable position based on what other teams need. Right. And there's going to be some high end talent. Like San up there. Diego probably needs to, to trade up and get a quarterback. Um, Rivers doesn't have another ten years in him. I think Rivers has a ten years. <laughs> more, ten more kids. And, like ten more years. But well I saw. I I think if the Redskins play it right, they're going to have cap room. First of all, every vet that's a free agent, I would let go. Yeah. I would let Brandon Sheriff go. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Yep. Because Eric Flowers has proven you can be a good guard. Dude, Flowers has been pretty good, yeah. right? You can be a good guard. Oh, speaking of which, holy shit. Wes I, I Martin played. Wes Martin sighting. Yes. Oh, his awesome. pass blocking was atrocious. <laughs> Who cares? But, but he was fucking Wes Martin. He couldn't be moved. How many sacks did he give up? But you know what? He says, fuck your pass blocking. When, when, I'm Wes Martin. When he was, when he was playing, when he, I couldn't tell the difference between him and Sheriff. No. Like, I didn't know until someone told me that Dude, Wes Martin was I him. completely agree with you. you completely know? agree. So that's why Jay Gruden said, what did McLuhan do? Got me a guard. Got me a guard. Got me a guard. And, 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 you know, because he's a fucking guard. Five great things. You know? So I'm of the opinion in the first round, in the top part of the first round, you should draft only high-impact quarterbacks, high-impact uh, uh, quarterbacks, and defensive linemen that can rush the passer. Well, that's you've, it. Said, a, you've said it before, and I completely agree with you. If you're a top 10 even top 15 draft pick, whoever you draft needs to play. They need to be number one. They need to be good. They need to be good, and they need to be number one on your depth chart at their position when the season starts. And I know that that's a tall tale for um, you know rookies, but there's so much talent coming out of college. There are so many overruns in the NFL that are five, six, seven years in that are just very meh players. You have to get an impactful guy if you're a top 10 to 15. Jonathan pick. Allen. Yeah. That guy's been a disappointment. He he has health issues again, dude. What is it? You in the water. You draft a player that's injury prone, and he becomes injured still. Motherfucker. Yeah. That's why somehow I think we're going to end up with two. <laughs> I just I don't know how. <laughs> no. I just don't know. No. Uh, Speaking of that, how do you how do you think Dwayne played? I thought he played, he played well. well. Fucking great. This was the game I was waiting for. This is the game I was waiting to see him. I think they let him. They let the they let they let the reins off a little bit and allowed him to make some mistakes, but also make big plays. I agree, but his mistakes weren't really drastic. No picks, technically no sacks. The one time he did get yeah, sacked, that last was, one's a bullshit. It, I mean, it was um uh, what you call it uh, uh defensive holding, right? You know, um, you know the skins have trouble holding on to the football from time to time, but you know, it, again, they're just really not that good. The game was perfect because he played well. A lot of the rookies played well. Bingo. And they lost. And they, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, you there's said it, no, like, this what, is the perfect confluence did, of, of events didn't right Didn't Tom here. Boswell say it the best? There's nothing more tragic than wasting an awful season. Yeah. You know, there, there is nothing to be gained by winning. Completely you, agree. You, you win by letting the young kids play, play well, yep. and lose. And then you draft Marcus Russell. <laughs> and then you draft to Marcus Russell. Well, let's let, let, let's hope. Let's hope the that skins land. drafts have not been terrible. I don't think that has to do as much with Bruce Allen as it does with uh, uh, Mike Smith's kid who runs the the college draft. Uh, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. He's a stud, and I think they're well prepared. They're well scouted. By the time Bruce Allen gets in it, making a pick, they've already decided what to do. It's yeah. not like he's scouting people. Well, and on the heels of what we just discussed with with the college recruiting, it's a it's obviously different in the NFL. These guys are pros now, but you have to cultivate the talent. 
Just because you get yes. a grade A guy coming in at, at fourth or fifth overall and he's got all these sacks or he's got all these receptions under his belt, he has to integrate into your system and he has to be an impactful player. But I, I'm with Jeremy. I think on – when's the last game? Next week? Next weekend? Uh, on Sunday night, Bruce Allen is relieved of all football operation duties. Urban Meyer is announced as the front office guy and the richest front office guy in the league because you got to overpay him to get him. And then at that point, you're well positioned. There's a little bit of buzz mm-hmm. um, uh, going forward into the offseason, and you're well positioned, better positioned anyway, to get a coach um, that has a little bit of reputation because he's like, all right, well, I don't, I don't know, you know, maybe I assume, I assume. Urban Meyer has a good reputation amongst coaches, if would, not the public. I would, I would think so. Right? I would think so. And they know that at least someone of competence and someone with some balls is going to, you know, be be my – I can work with him and we can build together. He okay, to so it's the game. holiday season. We all like to make Christmas wishes and all that kind of shit. So before we go and we laud the, the Ravens for being just fucking amazing. Damn, they're so fucking good. <clears throat> Let's say – Let's say Bruce Allen is gone, last day of the season. See ya. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Let's say that Urban Meyer is introduced as the football operations President guy. of player personnel. Correct. Essentially, he's pulling the strings, and he is going to be the head man on the committee to get the next head coach and the next coaching staff. Who would be your head coach number one in the clubhouse? I mean, my my number one is not going to be available, Mike Tomlin. That's who I would yeah. um I, I think he is exactly who they need. All right, so shooting for the stars, Mike Tomlin. The reality is he's not going to be I don't know there. who's available. I don't know if, if you – I would rather go with someone a little bit younger, dynamic, even from college, um, who – I'm not saying like a Kingsbury who, who, Kingsbury who didn't deserve the job. I'm saying someone who's uh, a little dynamic. I can't think of somebody off the top of my head. Well, Lincoln Riley. That guy's name has been floated around. A or may, couple, yeah, or maybe, or maybe like a, a, a young coordinator, and then then you pick the defensive coordinator, and that guy's got some wizardry. Wait, wait, isn't Minuski the D coordinator? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is he going to survive? Um, <laughs> Jeremy's face right now for all listening. He, it's, the it's, man has no emotion, but he just looks so fucking disgusted when I well, said Minuski's I mean, name. <laughs> have you seen worse third down fucking defense? And it's I've goddamn seen? atrocious. What the fuck are they doing? So it's week 14 or 15, and the corners are running into each other in zone. There was a zone. Why the fuck is Josh Norman even active? I have no idea. Uh, They want to... It's like they, someone said on the radio they want to pay him his $31,000 salary. Who gives a fuck about Josh Norman's ego? Who gives a shit about what does he know? Like, no shit that he's going to talk about? No, he's, he's so irrelevant at this point. Jesus Christ. Jeremy, who would be your, your, your pick for so, a coach? I, I'll go with you. I'll go with Lincoln Riley uh-huh. and then some Greg Williams type defensive coordinator okay. who, who you can just say, son, stay on your side. Yeah. I got this. Got and it. We're, and I'm going to put an aggressive, uh, you know, top 15, top 10 defense. Is Rex Ryan available? <laughs> I think he probably is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, the name I threw out earlier, which I, I'm medium on, I don't love, is Shaw out of Stanford. He's a name I've heard a little bit. Yeah, his um, name's been, been... There's another college guy whose name's escaping me. But uh, if it's an NFL guy, you know, I like the idea of Raynan Rivera. Um, and then you can have you know O'Connell as your your OC if they want to go that way, and I, I think they do. Um, but I really don't have any grand grand plans beyond that. It's going to be somebody that Urban Meyer knows, has connections with, um, and he can he's worked with before. DJ Durkin. DJ Durkin. <laughs> now my my pick would be I would go very bland <laughs> and boring, and if Meyer were to be picked, I would court somebody like Rivera. Somebody that has staying power in the NFL. He's a no nonsense guy. <clears throat> I, I think that it's funny. He young guys really like him. I mean, Newton loved him. Yeah, McCaffrey loved him. I mean, he, those guys. He makes a lot of sense. Oh no, he does. Um, I think he morphs into what they need to be. You know, he had a he had a wildcat style offense for a while, and then they were West Coast run and gun, and then they've been a couple different things. So I just like his staying power at the NFL level. But if you're going to take a flyer. I know it's the popular name, but Riley was my guy, Lincoln Riley. I just think he's innovative. He's smart. He's he's uh, 
McVeigh-esque in that, you know, he's got that uh, th- that that personality. He's kind of he just throws caution to the wind. He goes, "Let's fucking roll." You know, I'm a smart guy. I'm going to draw it up and let's do it. You know, that'd be that'd be kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, the difference between him and and Kingsbury is that he's had sustained success on a high level. Yes, um, Oklahoma. They they may be the weakest team in the power in in the playoff, but they're a elite blue blood program with a and lot they got of there. a lot of expectations and yep. a lot of pressure. So I agree. Um, he's been in the fire before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I must say, my Christmas nightmare is waking up last day of the regular season. Bruce Allen's still there. Oh yeah. Urban Meyer says, "See you guys later." And fucking like Wade Phillips. I'm going to Dallas. He's like, "I'm going to Dallas." <laughs> You know? Oh, that would be or just it's like the worst. Great, or no, my my worst fear is that Bruce Allen retains, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and they keep going the mantra: "We're still close, we're close, we're close." Right. And uh, Bill Callahan gets a job. Oh, fuck yeah, that would not be that would not not be my favorite scenario. Nope. You're just not going to get any. This Dan Snyder may be in a bubble and and stupid in in a lot of ways. But even he has to recognize that they're the most hated franchise by their fans in sports. They're, they're a joke, and he needs he needs to completely change the direction of the train. I agree, and that means people getting fired that probably don't deserve to get fired, um, like Doug Williams. But you got to go, you got to get everybody out of there and let the new guy. Hopefully, he's a big name that can generate excitement. Someone like Urban Meyer, and agree. let him pick his own dudes. Yep. Yep. And you you roll with that guy. Nope. Agreed. I'm going to disagree only a little bit because the idea 100% right. But I almost think you, know, you can keep a guy a guy like Doug can be an advisor. The problem they're doing right, have right now is they're like, oh, we'll make those decisions as a group. Now, that's bullshit. One guy has to make the decision. Urban Meyer, let's say. You can have all these other guys around to do whatever you want, rah-rah, alumni, support the other players, whatever. But the decision-making needs to change. The problem with – with the Redskins in part is Bruce Allen, but in part it's they are a fractured organization, mm-hmm. meaning they're not on the same page. Yes. And wouldn't surprise me at all if Doug Williams is one of the persons who, when he's not consulted, leaks stuff out. Hmm. Not – I just think – You're giving I, him a lot of credit. I think he's almost <clears throat> like uh, from Office Space. I don't, I don't even know if he's getting a paycheck anymore. He might not even know. I just think they need the, – the, <laughs> the time <laughs> – the time for bringing in old Redskins of past glory to appease the franchise—that's over. Well, that's over. No, no, but nobody cares about Put that. Put those guys on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. they already are. Yeah, when, when when you bring Joe Gibbs back, no one cares anymore for like a speaking role, right? So that I think the time is bring a dude in, and then go to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. If you're Dan Snyder, just leave it alone. Let yep. him make all the decisions. Agreed. And and clean house. And we can say firsthand, the Bahamas pretty decent place to go. So yeah. It was yeah. a good time. Coco K. Yeah, yeah. I bet Dan Snyder has his own Coco K. He probably does. It's probably not as cool. Probably though. the most boring place in the world. Nobody's <laughs> allowed to look at him. Pile of shit key. <laughs> nobody's allowed pile to of shit key. That's yeah. perfect. No, no, nobody's allowed to like talk to him. Why did they name this island POS Key? I, don't, I have no idea. Uh, Wipers. <laughs> so before we hop off of our football talk, as that is hijacked the uh, the first part of the podcast here, the Ravens just continue to roll. Uh, Lamar Jackson continues to be just. Just a gem to watch. Five touchdown passes last week. Fucking five. He never throws the ball more than 20 yards. I don't know what they're doing, but no one ever seems to cover the tight end. No one can cover anything they're doing. The tight end is almost always wide open. We're really smart. We we know this, right? (laughs) We basically called this preseason. I we didn't. Said, I, I thought by, we, were... by we meaning me? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we talked about what is this offense really going to do? Well, we're seeing it. He rolls out. He can do what? Run? Or if they pinch up on him, dump it over the top to who's ever there. And it's been the tight ends for the most part. It really has been a joy to watch them play. For a freestyle machine there, Jerry? Because they, you know, I was afraid that they're going to be gimmicky and that people were going to be able to game plan, and by week five or six, it was just going to fizzle out, and it was going to be the same old song and dance. Holy shit, every week, they're, and it's nothing groundbreaking. All they're doing is they're moving a blocking tight end from one side to the other. They're putting the, the, the pass-catching tight end in the slot. Uh, they're bringing a receiver in motion, and it throws off the deep safety. Like They're doing little nuances, and it's just throwing everybody off. Here's the thing, man. When they're in that RPO, yep, and... And Jackson puts that ball into the gut of Ingram. 
and nobody knows who's getting it, including everybody Ingram. Freezes. Everybody right. freezes. And he he seemingly has one of the one of his best abilities is to be able to read the defensive end. If the defensive end crashes, he keeps it. There's nobody else out there. Yep. And if the defensive end stays home, there's nobody to stop it interior, and you're gonna get five yards, five six yards every time. Every time. So and by the way, he can make people miss with the best of them. Oh, so, he's a freak show. He is he's, absurd. Yeah. I, I, I even underestimated how athletic he is. I when mean, when wow. he runs, he's it's nervous. It's nervous. He needs to run out of bounds every time until I the playoffs. Agree. I agree. Every time. He had an awkward quasi-slide the other night against the Jets, and I was like, oh, and then he shit. He got blasted you know, against the Jets. Did. One time he gets he up and pounds himself in the chest, yeah, and I'm like, that's, that's, that might be toughness, but that's that not smartness. He broke the record, right? Yeah. Yeah. He got yeah. hit pretty good. Yeah, he did. He, he got rocked. Um, well, again – the, so the playoffs are a foregone conclusion. They are definitely going to be a playoff team. And oh, they, they've clinched the, their division. Absolutely. So uh, at this point, it's keep everybody healthy. Yeah. It's prep. Don't take your foot off the gas because this offense needs to continue to keep defenses on on their heels. Well, um, they need to win one of the last two mm-hmm. um, to clinch home field throughout the playoffs. Right. Um, or have New England lose one of the last two, which is not going to happen because they're playing like the Jets and the Dolphins. So that's yeah, not but New happen. England has not been fantastic. No, but these the Jets and the Dolphins. I know. So I think if you're a Ravens fan, what you hope for is um, a win in Cleveland, get that done, then you start and play RG3 in the last game against Pittsburgh, which is meaningless, which is what or Pitt- Trace. Yeah, or Trace, which is what Pittsburgh wants. Right. Because they'll be playing for a playoff berth. Yes. And they, they would love that. That was a big loss for Pittsburgh last week, by yes, the way. Yes, it was. The Bills, man. Don't sleep on the Bills. Dude. They Those have, motherfuckers are good, Let's man. be honest. Pittsburgh has not beaten a, per, a team with a winning record all year. No, but give they, it up for Mike feeding. Tomlin. I'm going to go ahead and cheer oh, he's Mike amazing. Tomlin. I can't stand the, 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 the he Steelers. He deserves to be fired. Fire him. Fire I guarantee him. you there's some him. dumbass Pittsburgh Steelers fans that still want him fired. Because Absolutely. he's not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Right. We've and he's doing it with a third-string quarterback. Fired. Hope he gets fired. He's got fucking Hodges playing quarterback. Hodges. Who the fuck is Hodges? He's, he, they've won eight games. Yeah. <laughs> and but, I think he's got four or five. But, of but, them. but when they play a team of competence, they yes. lose. Well, and and that was on display last weekend. You know, the Bills are nothing nothing to write home about. But don't the Bills have ten wins now? Yeah. 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 I mean, well, they're good. If you're the Redskins, if I was the the GM of the Redskins, my first call would be to Baltimore and say, hey. You guys need an offensive tackle, and we need a tight end. And you have three tight ends, and they all can't play at the Dude, same time. I can't wait to listen back to see the first podcast that you pitched us getting Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst <laughs> should be. So we've got I, 30, I would, This is episode 31. I'm pretty sure from episode 9 to 31, Jerry has dropped well, Hayden Hurst to the Redskins. After, <laughs> after seeing Hayden long. Hurst play the last two weeks, I would do that trade straight up. With no pat, I, w- I would say Hayden Hurst with a one or Hayden Hurst with a two. Fuck yeah. that, man! I would take Hayden Hurst right now for Trent Williams. I huh. hope that happens because it would be the perfect prediction. What about this? Bruce Allen gone. Maybe Trent stays. That's why I don't want leaving. Trent. Trent's over. I, I, I think he's done. I think he's done. He's been a big baby. I mean, he's he's had some grievances, right? I, I get it. But this is all about money, and it's all about him not wanting to play for this piece of shit team anymore. Yep. That's all yeah. I want to do. And it for is. them not to be a piece of shit team, it needs to just be a complete culture he's change. He's a cancer, man. Just, move on. just let him go. Yeah. Let him go and get something back for him. Yeah. If they can get a tight end, <sighs> if they can get a tight end. I knew you were going there. What did he say? Because is that a shot at his, uh, his ailment? diagnosis. <laughs> that was mean, Jerry. No God damn it, no, Jerry. No wonder he wants out of here. He's a Jake. team cancer, not an actual Bruce cancer. Allen Jerry. He's like, fuck I mean, I, I lost all respect for him when he said he couldn't put his helmet on mm-hmm. because of the injury. Really? Well, is he Antonio Brown? Yeah, if he played, <laughs> you think he's got traded the next day, he wasn't going to be able to put his helmet on like at the Ravens, right? You dipshit. <laughs> but, but think about that. Now you got McLaurin, right? You got McLaren. Um, McLaren and McLaurin. McLaurin, whatever. <laughs> McLaren driving McLaurin. Uh, you got Sims. And you got Harmon. Yeah. And you well, get a tight end. Sims can't catch. That's the only problem. You can run, though. <laughs> Boy, fast. <laughs> Dude, Boy, I'm telling fast, you, man. Kid. Holy shit. McLaren reminds me of Gary Clark. Dude, I love that guy's game. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. But if you're Baltimore, you want them to win, then you sit Lamar for two weeks. And if he's rusty, at least he's healthy. Agreed. And you, you just take your chances at home. Well, you know, I, I can't wait to see out the rest of the NFL season. Um, 
mainly to just get to the end if you're a Skins fan and hope that you got to lose, dude. Lose. Yeah, hope, hope, hope that the draft pick is as good as it can be and that the regime change is in the works. Those those are my Christmas wishes at this point. And if you're the Ravens, stay healthy. And if you're Harbaugh, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Come I'll be playoff going, time. Oh yeah, jeez. I'll be going to the first playoff game. Taking my Kiss wonderful bride. Of fucking death. We have to we have to keep you from going to that game. Dude, I'm gonna text you guys if Lamar gets injured. Go, what a pussy! Yeah. <laughs> he's, faking. Right. he's faking. He's faking. <laughs> I've, had, I've had 19 Bud Lights and I'm in the second to last row, but I can tell he's faking. Or, or like five. <laughs> However many it takes. Yeah, you, right? are, you are getting older. Back then it was probably 19. Well, shit. So before we uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna end our uh, podcast with our caps talk. Fuck the caps, dude. Before, I'm so done with them. Before, before we go uh, off the deep end with Jerry and uh, and the Caps, let's real quick discuss our uh, Terps basketball. So they're in the midst of a break for finals. Um, and I hate to say I told you so, but I did tell you that I was really worried about the Penn State game. And Maryland came out and absolutely sucked the big one. That they was sucked a, against Illinois, too. They did. However, I will say this. Did you see that Illinois turned around the next game and beat Michigan? Yeah, I think everybody in the top four in the Big Ten lost in the last week. Yeah, so, so Illinois is clearly yeah, not as bad as people thought. But Maryland at home did not put on a good performance. I watched the Penn State game from beginning to end. I turned it on, and I told the boys, I'm, I'm pissed off. The game hadn't started yet. And they were like, what, what's wrong? I'm like, we're going to suck tonight. I'm like, I'm telling you right now. And sure enough, they sucked. That's loser talk. <laughs> yeah, I hey, I learned from you. I learned from the best. <laughs> no, I, I once they once Penn State scored, I was like, "Fuck this is over." <laughs> they scored. I, mean, I didn't see it yet. Still have it on DVR. But again, I just watched everybody losing. So wasn't you know. even close. It it was it, it got was, it got to within four in the second half. It's just they can't start a game with any sort of energy, or they can't make shots. It, it's it's. At some point, it's just who you are. It's not luck. It's not we're going to work on these. And we, uh, we, we shoot it, it, a thousand threes every week. Correct. It's not like we walked into. Um, it's not like we were playing a team like Butler on the road, and we kind of walked into the Lions Den and didn't see it coming, and we're like, "Oh shit!" And the other team went twelve for eighteen from three, and we lost. We walked into Penn State knowing this was their biggest game of the year, knowing they were going to get up for it, knowing all of these things, and we came out. And look like a deer in headlights. It wasn't the biggest game of the year for Penn State. What it was is a team that has success against the team that's coming in. And, and, but to date, that was their trademark game. This was a Maryland, this was a top five Maryland team. They rushed the into floor their, like it was. Absolutely. Coming into their building. And you know what? I will give them credit. They played really, really hard. Penn State did. Maryland is better. They're more talented. They didn't play hard enough for my taste. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't see it, so I'm not going to. Well, you can still have an opinion. Yeah. No, again, my, my opinion is I'm just watching every other team lose, too. I mean, I hate seeing my team do it. It's the it's the thing I, you know, we want Turge to overcome this stuff. But it's the first loss of the season. You're going to have a handful of them. When you so, watch it back, I know you're going to be pissed off at the refs because they were atrocious. They were terrible. However, too. however, I will say this. As bad as the refs were, <clears throat> screaming at the TV, oh. Maryland was 12 for 16 from the free throw line. Before Penn State took their first free throw, so so bad officiating wasn't the issue. correct. They were bad both ways, but you know what? Maryland just completely laid an egg, and I saw it coming. Here's my problem. I mean, it's going to happen. It, here, just here, here, it is. So. It Here's is my problem. It's almost like being married to a spouse who's cheated before, and you just know in your heart that that person's going to cheat again, right? Because <laughs> that line the, of thinking uh, right. of this analogy comes because it's more like knowing I just had twenty beers and we have to take a piss sometime. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so you just know it's going to happen because that's what you, in your heart you believe, right? Okay. No matter right. how things well things are going and, and what you're saying. Okay. In my heart, I know Mark Turgeon's a failure as a coach. <laughs> I know he cannot coach. On an elite level, I know it. Even though I like him, I fucking want to cheer for him. I do. I dance with all the Turgeonites when I go to the game. Oh yeah, absolutely. But in my those guys are like the highlight of my game. In my heart, (laughs) I know he will never overachieve. He will always underachieve. And when you start playing competent, Mm -hmm. not even good, like Illinois and Penn State may not make the tournament. And I know Penn State's ranked now. I get it, right? Good jazz hands, yeah, like jazz hands. <laughs> but at the end, <laughs> at the, in March, I Good bet try. they're not. I bet. I bet they're not. 
I bet they're not in the top. You know, they're in the, they're in the bottom portion of the Big Ten with a losing record. Blah, All blah, right, blah, dollar blah. bet. Penn State makes a tournament. Okay, dollar bet. Like I have a fucking dollar. All right. <laughs> so hundreds only. Hundreds I was going to say change for a hundred. You got it, babe. So <laughs> I know in my heart, Turgeon's not. So what this is happening is if they don't beat Seton Hall and they don't look good, I know. Then you've had three consecutive games of underperforming. I am with you. All right, so so let's get right to it. Instead of dwelling on the past, let's look ahead tomorrow night at Seton Hall. You know why I'm really worried? Because their top two guys are out. Correct. So Seton Hall's top guy, who is the preseason Big Big East Player of the Year, is out indefinitely. And this is worrisome. Why? And this is worrisome because they are going to rally around. Again, they're ranked. They're going to bring in a a top 10. Didn't they just lose to some shitty team? Yes. So you touched two guys. Everybody's fucking losing, Jerry. Penn State lost to Ohio State by 30 before they beat Maryland. I know. And Ohio State went lost to somebody else who sucks. This fucking mindset of, of, I'm really worried because they lost their best players and they're playing seven walk-ons. And those walk-ons are fuck that, dude. You're Maryland. You're a good fucking team. You're senior-driven. You get out. You put a spike to their fucking head. And you just said Mark Turgeon's a shitty coach. (laughs) That's what you should do. You don't think if they had John (laughs) Calipari or some of those teams, they wouldn't be going for the fucking throat? Didn't Kentucky just lose to like a D1 AA team? Won't they be in the Sweet 16 every freaking year? I don't know. Will uh, they? Yeah. Didn't they'll, Duke they'll, just lose to Bobby Green F. Austin? Won't they be? Yeah. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski, I think, has won a few. So uh, you yeah, can sort of give him well, a benefit of the doubt. So What's what, Turgeon won? So what will happen Nothing. Is, Nothing. See, I think I think congrats to him. I think uh, Callen graduated today. Yes, he did. So he's probably going to go like be a businessman or something. He'll quit the team. That'll, that'll, he's going to win turkey. Yeah. He's going to follow Mello. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, man. Uh, that's, that's awesome for him. Yeah. Good for him. No, but I'm, I'm with you. So here's the deal. I love So Tarzan. what does he do the rest of the year? Just hang out? I mean, does he have to even take like yeah, class? Yeah, he does. He has to take... Uh, Bang a lot? No, no. He has to take a <laughs> class. He has to be enrolled at the university. Dude, so. he could take like a theater class. Yeah, but he can just drop it. He so. could. Yeah. No, he technically could. He'll take basketball coaching fundamentals. <laughs> banging ch- He'll take banging chicks 101. <laughs> I wish I was in that class. <laughs> never was. I had nothing. I was, I was waiting for I was never in that class ever. <laughs> I, feel, I failed it four times. <laughs> like only four, though. Uh, oh, fuck. It was five years, so five years. Oh, the rails have come right off. Uh, no, this so, is perfect. No, this is great. So, so, all right, predictions for tomorrow night. Maryland, Seton Hall, before the holidays, big game. What do you think? I think Maryland's going to win by 10. They should, they should win by 20, but they'll win by 10. I think Maryland by 15. Yeah, I'm liking that 12. I just Did you just I say was, you were scared? Yes, I said it was worried. No, no, you're so inconsistent. What he's right. worried about, I'll just put the words right in his mouth. He's worried about if you lose to that team, then we're fucked. That's what he's worried that's about. That's exactly what I'm worried about. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's exactly what I'm worried about. Then you'll have to deal with me in the next podcast talking about Mike Tur- my, yeah, uh, Mark Turgeon and, and cheating his brother Mike. Oh, fuck. And McLaren and McLaurin. I mean, there's all kinds of brothers <laughs> going on. McLaren. Oh, shit. So, hey, go Terps. Um, hopefully we are... Uh, come we're, on. We're... Get some... Get some... Oops, <laughs> Like you said. Get some... Fuck, come on, dudes. Let's get some shit together and beat the teams you should beat and pound on them from the beginning. Ah, fuck. Let's go, Maryland. We're all behind you. Raise up the black and gold. Raise. It's like the whitest... You saying a poem? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. By the way... Speaking of Maryland, did you guys see Farrell Edmonds at the uh, Pittsburgh Buffalo game? All three of his kids were playing. Nice. No shit. That was amazing. That's awesome. Tremaine, some other guys. Maybe your man. Yeah, what, what a two uh, for Pittsburgh, one for Buffalo. What a great blast from the past, man. Farrell Edmonds. Those were the glory. That days was right awesome, there. man. Yeah, that was Bobby Ross era right there. Farrell and Ziz and yep. all those guys. Oh so. hell yeah, man. Ziz and the roof. Exactly. Yep. 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 So yeah, go Terps, and hopefully when we reconvene after the holidays, we're we're talking about Maryland as still being only a one loss team, still in the top ten, and about to hit their stride going into Big Ten play. Hey Jeremy, (laughs) would you fire Todd Reardon right now if John Tortorella was guaranteed to be your coach today? That's a great question because I love Torts. But I can't do that to Reardon. I just can't. I wouldn't give a fuck about Reardon. I would take Torts in a second. No way. I think Torts is a fossil. I think he's one of the last remaining old school guys. He hasn't been. He list. hasn't been kicked out yet. Not but yet. That's coming. He's not funny, yet. Though. He's funny as shit. He's awesome. I. 
if he came on the podcast, it would be the best hour of our lives. We would laugh our asses off. The guy would tell stories. It would be amazing. I don't want him as my head coach. What the fuck is going on with Columbus? To that is, you know, we always talk what? about how great, how hard the schedule is because you don't play anybody. There, nobody sucks anymore, right? And they get finally get a team that sucks, and they get trounced two in a row. It's like, and Allen Bay, what happened? What do you say? What did, what did Jerry I say? I just laughing at my face because I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Columbus is a 500 team. They're 10 points out of the... Okay. They're All the right. worst team in the Metro. All right, ready? Wings, beers, and tears. Hockey talk. Here we go. Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks ago, we were talking about how hot the Caps were. And we all agreed, you included, Jerry, that they needed to cool down a little bit. Guess what is best for them? Is to cool down against teams that are completely irrelevant. Did you just matter. say that Columbus is good? They're the worst team in the Metro. No, I didn't say that. I said they're fucking barely 500. That is the kind of team I don't mind dropping points to. Who gives a shit? What I don't want to do is have a marquee matchup with Boston or with Tampa or with Pittsburgh and just get rolled five to one. That's what I don't want. That sounds reasonable, but fuck it anyway. <laughs> Alan May's pissed, so I'm pissed. <laughs> That's right. The Alan May meter. That's what yeah. we need here in the studio at Wings, Beers, and Tears is the Alan May meter, and that is exactly how red Jerry will get. Alan <laughs> May was outraged at the fact that he said before the game, all Columbus was going to do is put the puck deep and play in your end. So all you have to do is get it out and play tough. Yep. And once you play in their end, you'll win. And we couldn't get the fucking puck out. It seems like the entire game was played in our – and we're trying to do all this fancy passing shit. It's just – it annoys me. It does, but <clears throat> I will steal a line from, a, uh, from an analyst that I heard. And he said, the reason high-end analytics are so important in hockey is because goal scoring at its core is always a random event. He said, that's the tough part about hockey. It's why eight seeds beat one seeds in hockey more than any other sport combined. It's why you have a team at the bottom of the ledger that can hang with a team at the top because goal scoring at its core is random. There are ricochets. There's, you know, not every shot is created equal. So you can completely dominate zone time, chances. All the metrics work to your advantage, and that guarantees you nothing. Right, but the metrics against Columbus are terrible. We outshot Columbus thirty to twenty-two the other night, but we ne- but we never seem to have anybody in front of the net. It's never like it's hard chances. <clears throat> I don't disagree. Corpusalo has been great the two <clears throat> games we, that we played him. Um, we've been very meh in our own end, and you know, I you you brought up a really good point a couple weeks ago. Thank you. you said, Did you have a stroke or something? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, what would I know? <clears throat> You brought up a good point in that you said the Caps look disinterested at times. And I think the other night they looked disinterested. Yeah. You know? They had a bunch of Columbus, had a bunch of guys injured, just like Seton Hall, right? Yep, yep. See? See where I'm going with this? Get on the level, Jerry. Fuck, I, the level sucks. What do you take think, your, Take your Alan May meter and shove it right up your ass. Alan May's upset. Should yeah. he be upset? What's he upset about? About the way that they're playing it's against a, Columbus. It's one team. Because I heard him after, I think it was after the second loss, and he said, look, they just got to figure out how to play Columbus, but and this is mean. That, that was all he said. But seven game series completely different. That's all I care about. Yeah, because they, they, playing this bad against the team scares me in the playoffs. But they're not probably not going to be there if they already probably have to play them. If we do, we'll game plan for them. Tortorella I, set out and said we're going to beat the Caps. Mm-hmm. And he did it. Reardon's not going to change the game plan for one team. He's just not going to do it. I think what made me feel good after that game was hearing uh, John Carlson. <laughs> Interview with Carlson. He's funny as shit, by the way. Like he's, high the yeah, he's, time. he's awesome. He has a zero affect, but at the same time, I think he's hysterical. And uh, and and I think Chad Dukes asked him, and he was like, "So you know, they've got your number." He's like, "Yeah, I don't know about that." And he's like, "Well, they beat you twice in a row." He's like, "It's eighty-two games, Chad." Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, "He's like, yeah." He's like, "They played like some weird brand of hockey." He's well, like, "I don't even pay attention half the time." <laughs> I was like, "That's well, so great." There's eighty-two games there, Chad. <laughs> Yeah, well, who was it from? Uh, um, they asked somebody from Boston because Boston dropped what was it five out of six yeah. in regulation, and they asked one of the guys, and they were like, "So what's what's going on with the losing streak?" And he goes, "I mean, shit. There's 82 games in the season. We weren't going to go like 83 and 0 or anything." <laughs> it's like it's, so it's so probably Marshand. Yeah, probably. It's like that's so fucking great, you know. But but again, I, I 24 yeah. and six. It's even double better than what I thought. Dude, it's ridiculous. And, and they got the Devils on Friday, yep. which is my baby's birthday, Holly and Peyton's birthday. Um, and Cheers. so, yeah, obviously, we're, Cheers. Uh, we're, we're Cheers. taking 
Clink. We're taking uh, them out to a or not them, not Peyton. We're taking Holly out to a bar, and I'll be watching the Caps game, and they'll probably ruin Holly's birthday. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! So, they scored. They scored. So, so they'll the ruin Holly's birthday through you. They'll channel channel it yeah. through you. Okay, I got it. So why are we getting to the bar hour after the game starts? We're going to the bar to watch the game. I'm not going to the bar to watch the game. The game will be on when I'm at the bar. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Real quick, while we're doing Wings, Beers, and Tears birthdays, Frankie, birthday tomorrow. Yes. Frankie. Frankie, Thank cheers, you. brother. Pimp of the sandbox, dude. That's right, man. He's got his shit together. So, Caps, the uh, the holidays are actually a little bit light on their schedule. Um, and with all the games that they played in October and November, that's what we said, was yes. they, they were going to hit some stretches where the, the games were fewer and further between. And that concerned me from the point of rhythm. They were playing so many games in October. My initial concern was too many at once. Well, they just got on a fucking roll. I don't know, T. Yeah. I mean, they starting on Friday, they got the Devils on, on the 20th, the Lightning on the 21st, the Bruins on the 23rd, the Blue Jackets, fuck, on the 27th, the Hurricanes at the 28th, and the Islanders on the 31st. Now, you're right. That is a lot of games, you know. Now, it's a bunch of games in about a what, a 11-12 game But we're in the midst span. of a stretch. The yeah. It's going to be like really four good. games in two weeks or whatever. Yeah, so. right. Uh, of those six games, you know, the Lightning bro- – I mean, Lightning's – I don't know about their – and they're in a – I mean, Kucherov just got benched, right? So he's got killed by – was it an Ovi slap shot or Carlson yeah. slap shot? Yeah. Yeah. They're, but the again, light, Lightning are dangerous. The Bruins are really good. The Blue Jackets. Well, again, there's know, no bad team in the NHL. Carolina and Islanders. They're just there aren't any bad teams. Um, the Devils are bad. The Devils are not great. They're they're not great at all. Um, but all it takes is a solid first line, a solid D pair, and a good goalie, and the game's close. Yeah, you know, um, it just seemed to me that that Columbus has the. A game plan to neutralize the Capitals if the Capitals are not interested in playing physical, and and, and that's kind of where I'm at. Is I, I'm not that worried, even though it's two games in in about a week because it hadn't even been close. I mean, the first periods of both games are like shots are like sixteen to two. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it, the, the Caps look completely listless to start the game, and there's no excuse for that. Um, again, eighty-two games, you're not going to be up for every single game, every single period. I get it. But your system should come into play at some point. And that's where I'm – I do get a little concerned when teams are able to tilt the ice on the caps. Right. Because it doesn't look like we really have a counter for that. It's almost like we need a full reset. We need a period off. You know. But again, I would be more concerned if I didn't see that league-wide. It's just – it's happening across the board. And that's where this season in the playoffs, that's where we're – it's going to matter. Yeah. If you can't do it, you can't do it. Right. Right. Well – <clears throat> I like Reardon. Ultimately, is he the right coach? I don't know. I, I like the guy. I think he's smart. And the reason I like him is because he has a team of high-end veterans that have won a cup. He's got a team of a bunch of young guys, and everybody seems to like him and buy into him. You know? Maybe Jeremy's currently having the stroke that you talked about earlier. I, I don't really know, Jerry. Jerry looks very concerned about Jeremy's health. Someone right call 911. I don't want this dude dying in my house. I stopped drinking for 30 seconds. I might be in trouble. I, I think it might be a reaction from the boat because he drank 75 beers a day. Holy shit. So before we sign off for the week. Not beers. We're just going to give you guys a little recap of our trip. It began and ended with lots and lots and lots of booze. Um, I went to bed at 10 every night and got roasted for it, but I don't give a shit. You didn't get roasted for it. I'm jealous that you slept so well. Um, Seriously, the the last night there, Coco K, right? We get off the the boat, and we watch. Holly wants to go back on the boat to watch the end of the Ravens game because whoever they're playing, Buffalo is coming back. The game was in hand, and she was a fucking wreck anyway. And she drank. Good for her. She drank hard there. Uh, She was hammered. Didn't we all? Yeah, but she was she was here. So we get to we get to the um, to the bar and watch the end of the game. And there's some lady from Baltimore there, and they're hugging each other. And that lady is talking shit to everybody. Y'all go fuck, go to hell. The Ravens are here. I mean, it was straight nice. Baltimore. Awesome, That's excellent, right? Everybody else was like, "Holy shit!" Anyway, so these are your people. You're these like, are my yes, people. Yeah, I was yeah. I, I loved it. I was like, "Where you live in Baltimore?" Anyway, Sorry, um, background cops there, folks. So. Uh, so anyway, we get done. Holly's ecstatic, and I tell her I don't really want to go to dinner. I w- I'd rather just stay here, watch the the national game at four. And she says that sounds good. We get there, it's the New England game. 
I'm excited. We got some sliders, whatever. We got some stuff coming. Some I, look, yeah, good, I look good. over, and she is dead asleep. Outstanding. <laughs> with her head against the thing, against the uh, the fake brick, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. There, just dead asleep. And she sleeps for the entire third quarter. It's wonderful. And I said... What a great power nap for her. Yeah. Well, then she got up, and I said... I know. It sounds like he's saying it in a judgy way. I don't know why. Are we going... Are you ready to go up? And she said... I'm ready to go up. And I said, we're done for the night. So we went, we went upstairs, we came back, and I came back down to get pizza. And what are you looking at me for? I'm telling the truth. And they were like, allegedly, oh my, oh my God, you're not going on, you know, Michelle, you're not staying up. And I was like, good seeing you. I just shook her hand, said thanks for the trip. Shook her hand. <laughs> thanks like for the trip. fucking politician. I was shaking everybody's hand. I said, thanks for the trip. We got up the next day and rolled up. We were in bed by 10 o'clock. Good for you guys. You're smart. You're smart. Yeah, we were not in bed by 10 o'clock. Um, I was once. I was on the first night. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, no, All right, so Todd, what, what was your best memory of the cruise? Best memory of the cruise has to be I loved Saturday during the day when we were hanging out on that little perch up top of the pool deck. We kind of owned, Hell yeah. We like owned that VIP area. That, yeah, that was so much fucking fun. Yeah. Watching Dora. Watching Dora. <laughs> yeah, among... Among other things. Yeah, we recorded our podcast that day. It was amazing. No, but I, I love sitting up there on that perch and just having a good time with everybody and shooting the shit, and everybody had such a good time. But yeah, the Coco K day, everybody got wrecked. Coco K was my favorite part of it. Dude, that was so much fucking fun. Uh, there were three people in our group that do not remember walking back onto the ship. They lost John. That was awesome. They lost John. <laughs> you know Holly was hammered when she's screaming at the girl to get off the thing. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. She yeah. was, you know. I'm, I'm fairly certain. I'm, I'm fairly yeah. certain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this girl was definitely going like MTV spring break. Like, yeah. you know. They would say, get off the counter or we're going to have to stop the music. And then she'd get right back on the counter and give everybody the finger. Correct. And Holly is usually very docile, but she was, she was not docile She was ready day. to throw hands with her. Do you remember what she said that day, Holly? Go back to Jersey. <laughs> you did say go back to Jersey, and then you went, and then you looked down at one point and very calmly said, I'm going to fuck that bitch up. And I was like, yeah, buddy, it's on. <laughs> That's what I knew. That's, right. That's what I knew. It's going to be an early night. Oh, hell yeah. All right, Jeremy, what was your favorite trip? Honestly, just every moment with the crew was, was priceless. When we, left, when we he left, when we kind of just likes it all. Yeah. <laughs> I can't pick just one. When when we left and you were there by yourself for four days, <laughs> so did, fucking jealous. Did debauchery happen? So I have some good stories, but nothing, nothing great. Okay, nothing. That how good. did uh, how did you uh, end up at the casino? Were you on the right end of uh, things? I did, I, I did good. Woo! There's yes. A, some stories there, too. So. Nice. so Jeremy is officially going to get us our first sponsor, then. <laughs> yeah. He's clearly got the funds to... Uh, uh, All right. Before we sign off, props to my boy, Sean Clark, who's a new, uh, head football coach at Appalachian State. Hell, yeah. Wow. This is cheers to you, bro. It's his first step to uh, so being a head coach first, at West Virginia. So his first head coaching duty will be in a bowl game yeah. on Saturday night. And it only took him three from, minutes to start crying at the press conference, <laughs> is this the which kid, is how I remember him. Is this the kid from Purdue? Or just yeah, he's, he's, he's the guy I grew up him. with and played football with all through Little League and junior high and high school. So is, I, I can't think of a better way to sign off this week yeah. than saying uh, cheers to Sean. and uh, yeah. Good yeah. luck, man. Don't screw it up. That's right. Yeah. Go App State. Yeah, and, App State's and, made a great you know surge into the, the national spotlight. You know, don't fuck it up, bro. That's yeah. it. That's it, man. So good vibes coming from wings, beers, and tears. And, and, and we're nothing but positive over here, clearly. Oh, obviously. Uh, <laughs> so until next time, thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays holidays all that good shit and uh hopefully we will drop a holiday pod if we can and uh if not we'll see you guys on the other side all right love y'all peace see you guys later peace